0: And this is, I think, one of the craziest stories. Uh, actually, you know, lots of crazy stories. This is just one of them. But Ray Dalio, he is the largest hedge fund manager in the world. Runs the Bridgewater uh, hedge fund, and he's saying that uh, there is a threat to the dollar as the world reserve currency. And this is not just some you know uh, you know random person over here. I mean, this is a guy who's managing more money than pretty much you know anyone else besides maybe you know, like BlackRock or something like that. But uh, you know it, it, it's just this is a, you know a concept that John and I have been talking about for a while over here is because really the only thing the Federal Reserve should be doing, I mean, it really shouldn't even exist and they shouldn't be doing anything. But what they should be doing if it really care about is caring about keeping the dollar as a reserve currency because the only way that everything that we basically call you know life is you know as America, well, I'm an American, John John's not an American, but you know what? The only way that this whole debt carousel keeps going around and this whole, you know, Ponzi scheme, House of Cards stays afloat and stays upright is the fact that the U.S. is the world reserve currency. And so, you know, absent that, you know, the average, you know, American standard of living would absolutely plummet. Uh, There would just be absolute, you know, hell on earth to pay at this point. But, you know, the central bankers are getting very, 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 very cocky because what they see is they see, oh, well, our bond rates are at, you know, all time lows and, uh you know the world you know wants more of our debt even though obviously that's rigged cuz it's just you know the federal reserve buying up its own debt uh but when you have somebody like ray dalio i mean did you see this article john where ray, ray dalio was talking about how the dollar you know is basically on track to lose its uh you know reserve status and how you know he's been uh you know favoring his stocks and gold and you know he's been telling people to get out of bonds and get out of cash uh if you if you did you see that article with uh with ray dalio
1: uh, no, I haven't seen it, but it uh, you know make to- makes total sense. to talked about it for a long time here uh, at Wham. You know, me and Josh have talked about it for four years plus, and of course, you you know uh, been aware of that for a very, very long time as well. We we, we try to understand, you know, why like why is why is this happening? You know, and, uh, what is what is the reason why you know that it could like the actual. Uh, U.S. dollar could lose its reserve status. Well, the reason is because it's, you know, now they're actually having to ramp up inflation so heavily, Tim, that uh, uh, you were having severe issues uh, within the United States, but, uh, and they had to actually go away from, you know, their um, um, their uh, 2% targeting as they call. Now they're just gonna average it out. You know, they've been a lot, a lot of years with, uh, you know, very low interest, uh, very low of inflation. So now they're gonna, you know, crack it up and, make it uh, make it going fast you know uh uh so it's uh it's interesting uh, you know what's gonna happen uh over the next couple of months and especially now and i was watching cnn this morning uh and they were talking about you know the stimulus bill that they're s- uh, still struggling on you know getting an uh you know a- a- any uh headway on because there's so much money that wants to get spent but uh, nobody uh, really wants to spend it because they know that if they spend it, you know, they're in some serious trouble. And, and if you look at the actual, um, here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually pull up the U S debt clock because it's, uh, it's interesting right now. Um, the, the U S uh, you know, uh, the actual, um, the actual, um, debt, no the actual deficit that they have, uh, versus, um, the, um, uh, the actual, like the, the, the actual deficit, the, the real deficit versus the, uh, you know, the, the government deficit numbers is, is quite pronounced. And, and it's the same here in Canada as well. You, know, you could only imagine how much uh, uh, deficit and how much money they're spending. I, actually right now, Tim, it's uh, the, uh, the total budget deficit has just passed 3 a trillion right now in the United States. Uh, it's at uh, 3.13 trillion. Uh, and, and meanwhile, you know, the actual, uh, actual u.s federal budget deficit is 4.212 uh, trillion so they're they're basically 1.1 1. 1 trillion off so it's a uh, great accounting there over at the you know the government they're, they're really good at that accounting scheme <laughs> scheme going on of course you know they have their uh, good uh, bankers you know helping them and, and the accountants at uh, deloitte and all these other uh, conglomerates of course it's also
0: amazing um, how the uh, you know the hijackers managed to fly the uh the pentagon that right into the accounting office when the Pentagon had just announced they're missing 2.3 trillion dollars because you know we did have the anniversary of 9-11 also since the last show so uh you know wanted to point that out as well but sorry sorry about that
1: yeah and it's funny how the str- one of the strongest buildings in the world and like basically w- went all the way into the building and and when they release you know like I'm, I'm in the I'm in the industry of uh, like I work in the uh, security industry <laughs> and I gotta laugh when they release the pictures of the like from the pentagon i i know that there's way better uh cameras out there on the norwegian uh and it, this is not even the pentagon it's uh, kind of the cia in norway has way 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 better cameras than that 15 years ago uh of, of what they actually released you know the three frames uh, or whatever they showed you know the, the supposed airplane hitting so that's a We could go into so much. Well,
0: another (laughs) thing is another quick aside is the pilot who, the guy that regularly flew that plane, actually, he lives. He's like 80 years old. He lives out in Scottsdale. I've been at several events with him. And uh, not like, with him, but you know, I've, I've seen him there and talked with him extensively. And he and this was like his plane. Like it was his plane that supposedly hit the Pentagon. He's kind of like this more like America, you know, uh, good old boy type guy. But he even he's, you know, calling out how the whole thing's BS. And there's no way you could basically take like that sort of flight pattern and then, you know, just basically skim the ground. And a guy that, you know, couldn't even fly a Cessna the week before. And now he does a maneuver that even, you know, super yeah, skilled fighter pilots can do. By and the G, and, by... the G, yeah. well, and then it's not even it's only that, like, it, even if they were Kind of doing an unimpeded airspace just the maneuvers and the g-forces and then keeping it level with the ground and then, oh yeah you know none of the cameras ended up catching it and the one camera that did catch it you see a couple frames and and it's just the physics of it don't uh you know don't pan out at all but this is not a 9-11 show just you know I, we're talking oh. about accounting and you know at the pentagon you know playing the terrorists are very good at you know par- you know helping out the pentagram and having it hit you know the exact but, spot but
1: talking about uh 9-11 you know we're, we're kind of in 9-11 right now 2.0 economic but, 9-11 like, yeah. Oh, yeah economic 9-11 uh, with uh, the whole covid crisis would you and say I this think- is a
0: bigger would you say this is a bigger false flag psyop than even 9-11 i mean uh i mean it's certainly that was That's like a it. precursor that set the stage for this but would you say this is even what's going on now is even bigger
1: i would say by far because now it's economic big time like it would, the economic impact on 9-11 was not you know huge really uh they went to war they started spending money and all this crap but uh now the, the usual
0: yeah, this yeah, the more, but, yeah
1: you know you don't have like official 10 percent plus uh unemployment you know that you have now uh so the, the, the economic ramifications of of this this whole COVID thing and it's interesting uh, you know everybody said blames COVID for the current economic problems but it actually started on september 17th you know just a year basically a year from now you know tomorrow uh and uh, nobody talks about that that you know the banks actually would have failed uh the whole you know banking system froze up and the fed had to start intervening in the the repurchase operations uh, uh, basically the money market lending overnight so now what you've seen since then you have uh, uh you know an insane amount of uh, intervention by central banks uh, which we knew that they would you know to predict that uh, everybody wants to follow japan because in japan you had uh, of course the um uh, the the crisis where you know the demographic crisis that they have uh, and so we're hitting that right now in in north america here and with canada and the us basically at the same time hitting it uh, germany others are hitting it as well it's funny how uh, uh how, how that works you know and how they're trying to cover up a, a full-blown economic crisis happening with you know unfunded liabilities in the united states uh the the official number the official number for unfunded liabilities now has jumped from 100 110 trillion up to 50, 150 trillion now um you know they, they uh it's 20.72 trillion dollars that are you know in uh, social security that they this is money that the the U.S. government doesn't have. Uh, they need to get it from somewhere. They're you know, gonna borrow it, most likely. And they're not gonna, you know, be able to tax. And what people,
0: people. don't even realize is so the office of there's the office of the debt. Or yeah, there's an office of the debt. It's in West Virginia, and they have a filing cabinet that's not even that big. And inside the fa- filing cabinet are the IOUs that then back Social Security. And it's it's literally it's a filing cabinet that's not even probably as big as the, the fake wall behind me. But it's, uh, it's, it's really, it's, it's absolutely insane. And then we see that there's, you know, eventually probably gonna be some sort of reset. But I think what people don't understand is that since the uh, social security obligations are backed by debt, and then if you wipe out that debt, which they also count as an asset. Well, then how are you going to pay social security? And then it's probably going to be in some sort of universal basic income. that's going to be socially engineered. Say, okay, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Senior, you didn't go get your, you know, flu shot and that and you know, COVID shot. So, you know, we're not going to give you your, you know, two thousand bucks a month to live. And so then people are going to be forced to say, okay, well, I don't have enough money to live, so I'm forced to get the vaccine, or I don't get the money. And then I think it's going to be some sort of situation like that. Uh, Unfortunately, I mean, it just seems like it's very, you know, at this point, obvious to predict what the next steps are uh, on this. But sorry, I just wanted to uh, you know, point that out.
1: No, no, exactly. There's uh, there's some very easy, predictable things. And of course, that comes to one of the articles that uh, we, I shared with you, Tim, and that's uh, you know, the Canadian uh, pension fund is very worried about uh, near zero uh, interest rates. Yeah, we do
0: have we do have that. And the thing is, there's always, you know, uh, you know, unintended consequences for everything they do. So they need to have I don't say need they need to have they need to have these rates at zero because the debts and the government debts and everything are so high that there's no way they can pay that uh, the interest rate on it. So they have to have it at zero. But then if they have that at zero, then if you have, you know, 40 percent of your pension fund, 50 percent of your pension fund in bonds and you're earning zero on that and you've assumed, you know, you're going to earn rates of seven or eight percent, then, you know, the the simple word is you're screwed. I mean, there's no way to do that. And then if the rates do go up, they're also screwed because there's something called interest rate risk. And what that is, is the notion that the, uh, you know, that the a raising if you raise the uh, the increase in the price of interest rates it's like a teeter totter so the underlying price of the bond goes down and so let's say you have a million dollars 10-year bond let's say better yeah a 30-year bond million bucks uh rates go up 1%, one percent your million dollars is now about seven hundred thousand dollars rates go up two percent now it's you know i'm just guessing here it's probably about 280 thousand dollars ish yeah you'll still get in your you know your piddly you know whatever it is fifteen thousand dollars a year in interest or two thousand dollars or maybe or sorry twenty thousand dollars a year in interest but you know guess what by the time you know the 30 years is up your money's gonna be worthless and and so the other thing is if you don't have enough money to actually then you know pay for you know the uh you know all the expenditures that you have then you have to dip into principal and if your principal gets walloped by 60 70 on a bond paying you two percent it's game over, and so it's game over. They basically they're damned if they do, damned if they don't. They're stuck in this, you know, just pretending that they can get out of it. And if they couldn't get out of it, and they couldn't pay the debt down during the greatest economic recovery in the history of the world, allegedly, then how the hell do they think they're going to do it now? Well, they're not even talking about doing it now. And, we'll, and you know, and next time I throw it back to you, I'm going to find another article that we didn't uh, that we didn't have up where uh, you know Minuchin the other day came out and said something to the effect of, you know, debts and deficits don't matter, especially right now. That you know this is not the time to be worried worried. worried about the Federal Reserve, you know, raise or, you know, increasing its, you know, balance sheet. And then the other thing I have to ask is, why is the Federal Reserve even uh, talking with Treasury? I mean, shouldn't there be some sort of, you know, uh, you know, Chinese firewall, but those two, you know, things shouldn't even be allowed to talk about, but I mean, I know they got rid of glass Siegel in 99, but, uh, you know, the whole notion of the federal reserve, if you're going to even buy into what the notion of it was, is that you should have an independent bank, central bank. So why is the independent central bank then taking marching orders from Steven Mnuchin when all these guys are, you know, basically former Goldman Sachs guys and all just a bunch of, you know, den of vipers and snakes. But, you know, I'm going to go find that article, uh, while, while you wrap up that, uh, you know, uh, discussion on that topic about uh, Bob Mnuchin.
1: No, n- what's going to happen is that uh, they're they're forced, like uh, uh, other like sovereign wealth funds. Um, we have in Norway the Norwegian pension fund and sovereign wealth fund called the Oil Fund. Uh, they were, you know, at the point when me and Josh did a video warning about you know the issues with the sovereign wealth fund was around seventy percent. Uh, of the, the, the money that they invested was in stocks. They own 1% of all the stocks worldwide and all the major indexes. Um, and I warned, you know, like this time is very different. Everybody said like, well, we just, you know, the Corona will strengthen all this garbage. Uh, this, the Corona is severely weakened uh, because uh, on top of that you had the oil prices drop. Like last time the crash was in 2008, the oil fund in Norway Uh, was able to mitigate their hit by having, you know, a strong corona and a strong uh, oil price. It was around 120 at the time. Now you're seeing uh, the total opposite. The actual oil price is around, uh, uh, you know, uh, hovering around the 30, $40, like it's about 40 something for Brent crude right now in Norway. Uh, And so you're seeing uh, some serious issues there. And so, where are they going to go if if they're going to mitigate their hit on the stock market? Where are they going to jump? Are they going to jump in the bonds that are basically in Norway? They're zero, uh, the 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 actual ten year. Where are they going to go? Are they going to go to uh, you know and invest in Venezuela or Argentina with high yielding bonds, which a lot of lot of uh, people have been forced to do. Uh, and pension funds probably because they are looking for yield in order to cover you know their their uh, intended growth in order to be able to keep the Ponzi scheme going that the pension plans are Um, so there are some serious issues there. Government do another thing you know that a lot of pension funds you know they're not going to be able they're not going to want to buy all this debt that's getting printed by the governments, you know, you're going to have some serious ramifications there too, because they're forced right now to buy a lot of times in instances in, in Germany and other places in Europe, uh, they're uh, forced to buy negative yielding bonds, getting a negative a yielding return uh, on, you know, the pensioners, supposed you know, increase the pensioners money. And uh, in, uh, in Canada, for example, you had the debt levels being at officially six hundred eighty-five billion dollars for a government. Uh, that was in 2019, end of 2019, Tim. Uh, you'll be shocked to. Well, I, I'm not shocked at all. The official uh, number right now is 1.8 uh, billion. So that's an increase of 1.2 trillion dollars, uh, and if that's a threefold increase in national debt, Tim, uh, over uh, just one year uh <laughs> I, I don't know where the sustainability there comes and uh what you're gonna end up seeing is you're just gonna have the bailout the pension funds by you know the buying of uh, these assets that are you know terribly yielding uh by the central banks they're gonna have to buy them buy all them up Tim, there's there's no other other way to get out of this than you know the central bank will own everything than nothing yeah, and what, so- I, and
0: what I'm showing right now is, as is some people know, is that, you know, you do have a lot of the major, uh, you know, uh, not a lot, but you do have, you know, several, uh, you know, European and foreign countries out there who already have negative 10 year bonds. So I mean, go, so Germany over here, 10 year yield is negative 0.49. France, negative 0.22. Netherlands, negative 0.38. Switzerland, negative 0.5. And, you know, and then some of these other countries, you go to their, uh, you know, shorter term bonds, like Italy, it's showing 0.96, and, and I'm guessing that they have uh, negative on the shorter ones. And yeah, so you got, you know, one year Italian bond is negative 0.02%. So I do see in the uh, in the chat, we've got, um, I died in 2020 saying, now I heard it all in regards to buying a negative bond. And the thing is, it's not, we're, John and I are not talking about, you know, proposals, we're talking about things that are already happening. It's these, these banks yeah. or these countries already have negative, uh, negative yields on there. And, uh, and then you got, you know, we got an article over here where it shows, you know, Biden's multi trillion dollar budget is the biggest increase in decades. And so now there's, you know, now that they've seen all the Republicans go and sell out. And, uh, you know, speaking of, well, you got, you know, Rand Paul over here calling out the other Republicans who are selling out. And because uh, he voted against the uh, latest stimulus bill, and he went on to say the majority of Republicans are now no different than socialist Democrats when it comes to debt. Paul wrote on Twitter in July, They simply don't care about debt and preparing to add at least another trillion dollars in debt this month combined with the trillions from earlier this month. The cumulative federal budget deficit for the first 11 months of the fiscal year 2020 was three trillion according to the CBO, a byproduct of intensified government spending to get the economy through the pandemic associated shutdown. And then we go to the top of the article and it's the one that I was telling you about before is now is not the time to worry about the fiscal deficit or the Fed's balance sheet mnuchin says so it's funny because you know it wasn't the time to worry about it either when we were you know the greatest economy ever but it's because of these huge budget proposals that now you know the fa- treasury and the, F- the fed are you know basically illegally then including together to then have the federal reserve you know own everything and then you know and some people think that you know that there's been uh you know end run around the fed the tra- t- t- the oui. Louisiana> um, and now trump you know has nationalized the fed and to me i mean that's just like the dumbest thing i've ever heard because you know the federal reserve is now you know twice as strong as they were before the thing that their that they're selling. Is debt, then the more debt they get, then hypothetically the more interest they get, and then. Uh, but it's not even about that. It's about the power and control. They already own a third of all mortgages. Uh, it, it's just you know that drives me nuts more than anything. Is when you know it's mainly the Q people who are out there and saying, oh well, you know the Federal Reserve has just been nationalized by Donald Trump. When in actuality, it's you know. Trump has you know expanded their powers uh, not really he didn't personally expand it but he's been cheerleading the expansion of this all along and you know and it sucks because in 2015 around this time he was talking about how the unemployment numbers were fake how the inflation numbers are fake and he was you know talking about how they faked them and he was also you know mentioning how uh, you know the economy was just one big giant bubble actually he called it a big fat ugly bubble in uh, it' was either 2015 or 2016. But anyways, you know, just to see him sell out on that was just, you know, for me, uh, you know, a, a, you know, it was just, you know, an it was very damage. presidential. Can we say that? <laughs> very, very presidential. Speaking of presidential. We, uh, and it's funny, this is a Forbes article that is now saying, uh, you know, here are three reasons why Joe Biden shouldn't debate Trump at all, let alone debating him on uh, Joe Rogan. And so for me, I mean, yeah, politics is all theater, but that would be absolutely hilarious to see, you know, Donald Trump on Joe Rogan with Joe Biden for four hours. I mean, I couldn't even, uh, I mean, and the thing is, why? Is doing, like 10 minutes, Biden? But- i mean the fact that we have presidential debates that are sponsored by it's uh the committee on presidential debates which is really a private organization that's sponsored by like i don't know i think it's like budweiser and like a few different lawyers and like a couple airlines and 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 it used to be the Women's League of Voters, and then I think after Ross Perot got in, they had to then, uh, you know, nix that because they didn't want they want to make sure that never happened again. So they are trying to keep you know libertarians out and no, other not that, you know I'm you know not really even a big fan of libertarian party even though I was a delegate for them uh, this this go around, but uh, it, it's just you know it's just sort of a, it's just insulting that we've got presidential debates which is just theater that is really you know okay let's give your you know your full answer on this in you know 45 seconds and and instead of you know it, it, it should be long foreign debates it should be multi-hours long and if your ass can't stand up there for three or four hours then you shouldn't be you know fit to be president just like Hillary Clinton oh I quit I was sleeping during the uh, you know the September 11th Benghazi attacks which we all know was an absolute lie uh, but personally I would love to see I mean even though I'm not holding my, my you know breath for you know any of these politicians and I think they're all but and I would love to see the spectacle of a Joe Rogan, uh, you know, Donald Trump, Joe Biden debate. I think would be. I, I know. I mean, I would. I would probably pay to see that. I mean, that would be absolutely awesome. Uh, just to see the ass kicking that Trump would give to uh, to Joe Biden. Not that. But I, I still think Joe Biden's going to win. Not the debate, but I think you know they're going to cheat his way to victory. Uh, it's, there's just so many different ways they can do that, and it's probably you know, outside the bounds of what we really wanted to get into today but uh and you said you actually listened to the podcast where uh where it was tim kennedy who was the one who uh first brought up that to joe rogan
1: yeah tim kennedy was like oh no i I think it was actually joe rogan bringing it up himself and then tim is like that's a great idea let's do it (laughs) so uh yeah no it was it was interesting it was uh and not that i agree with a lot that tim kennedy has to say unfortunately he's uh You know, he's been indoctrinated in my point of view by, you know, being a a Green Beret and being, you know, uh, the spear of the the system, basically. You know, he is probably the most indoctrinated person that is. I, I don't know. Like that's just my point of view. You you could say all you want. Yeah, like, there's well. been.
0: I forgot. I think he got into it. Uh, I forgot with somebody at one point. I was definitely didn't take his side. But I, I was. I for, he first kind of came on my radar when I was watching the uh, Hunting Hitler series on uh, on uh, History Channel. And you know, back when you know History Channel showed did show, I think it was History Channel, but anyways, it was a. Uh, did you ever see that show, Hunting Hitler, and he was like the main uh, one of the no, main stars of that. Well, it was actually fascinating because I first kind of started watching it thinking that it was definitely BS and like no way that Hitler could have escaped and definitely didn't die in Argentina. I will say they did paint quite the, the compelling picture that. At the very minimum, very minimum, there's no evidence that Hitler actually died in that bunker, and they go through like all. I mean, and I think Tim Kennedy was also trying to disprove this as well, and a couple other uh, guys, and they were disproving it. But it it, it does. They painted it for anyone that, I mean, don't knock it if you haven't seen it, but if, you, if, you've, if you've gone through and watched them, they did paint uh, quite the compelling case that, you know, at the very least that, you know, the story that we were told and how Hitler died, you know, wasn't the, uh, you know, the, the true story. Tim Kennedy was sort of like the main, one of the main stars of that. And so that was, that's my exposure really to him. I'm not an expert on him, and but I do know there's a lot of status things that he said that I definitely uh, don't agree on. But, you know, I would, but yeah, I would love to see that debate if, uh, if and when it does happen. My guess is it won't happen. Because, uh, you know, I think Biden's handlers are smart enough to realize that he's basically there just as a placeholder to have the Kamala Harris administration take over, which I believe yesterday uh, there was a gaffe where they even called it the Harris administration or Kamala Harris called it the Harris administration. And then Biden then later on, then came out and said something like the uh, Harris Biden administration, but in that order. And so. You know, and she's, you know, I mean, just think about, you know, like I got two worst people possible. Like, OK, you know, all this, you know, uh, you know, everything's all riled up because of Black Lives Matters and because of the police. And so but which really are both sentenced of the drug war. And so, yeah, let's get the guy who, you know, wrote and co-sponsored the 94 crime bill to put all the black people in jail. And then let's get also get the person that, you know, enforced it and put her own people in jail Uh and, you know, and then she comes from a slave owning family, even though she's black. So, yeah, I mean, I couldn't think of, like, basically two worse people at the Democratic ticket. And it's like they're trying to throw the game. I think they're still going to end up, uh, you know, stealing it somehow. But... Well, uh, then, uh,
1: you know, Hillary wants to, uh, you know, help them out. So uh, suddenly you're going to have one of those days where uh, the whole White House is dead and Hillary's there. It's like, oh, I survived.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, one other thing that you had, yeah, you had showed me, and this is an article... Uh, where's it from? CNBS. Oh, sorry, I meant CNBC.com. And it's Bill Gates. This is the very best case scenario for when life can return to normal post pandemic. And long story short, is uh, in 2022. So, you know, and I do remember like right out of the gates, they were always saying 18 months, and even though they were saying right you know, the two gate. weeks. And so, you know, it's, uh, you know they've been prepping this for us. so now 2022 is when does that does that be when we come because life becomes normal but we still have to have masks on which i actually haven't touched a mask the entire month of august or september
1: well, you, you know talking about uh, bill gates uh did you see what actually just happened yesterday uh no his, his dad died
0: oh he i you know i did see the remembering i you know for some reason i thought his dad already died i i know his dad was you know uh you know was he like the cfo or treasurer of planned parenthood his grandfather yeah, so he his... was a
1: member of the eugenics society too
0: yeah and then do you know who his what who his father what his father's uh job was so this no. would be bill gates grandfather no. drum roll please Federal Reserve governor, I believe, of the Washington uh, branch. So Bill Gates' Bill Gates' grandpa was a mother-effing Federal Reserve yeah, governor. He's
1: just like a little guy in his basement, you know. Uh, it's like, like oh, so I'm good. just Bill Gates and I'm just in this
0: time. I mean, you know, he comes from extreme wealth. You know, the whole, you know, the uh, and actually Luke Rudowski and I did, uh, you know, it was mainly my research on this, but, you know, it was – Going through and talking about the whole history of Microsoft and how he stole the technology from this guy named Gary Curthall and then I mean, you know, getting so up to his mom at IBM and
1: inequality too.
0: Yeah, so there is. I think uh, there may have been a We Are Change video. Uh, I'm not sure if it was on Change the News. I think it was a We Are Change video that I did with Luke, and we, you know, I went through the whole history of, of, of this guy and, you know, stealing the technology. But no, I didn't. For some reason, I thought his dad, I don't even know. I, I thought he maybe ar- already died. But did, yeah. actually, I, I shouldn't laugh at this. But did he die of coronavirus? I mean, uh, I, I, I did write, uh, the read a whole bunch,
1: and I, no, uh, I don't think so.
0: Yeah, so he's the only person that's uh, 94 years old in the country that didn't die of coronavirus because I'm sure every other person in the world would. But, yep, there he goes, uh, 94 years old, uh, you know, producing, you know, his accomplishments are, uh, you know, killing more black people than the KKK basically did. on you
1: You remember the eugenic society was basically a bunch of white supremacists. Uh, you know, uh, wanting to build a, a certain race of people that were smart and and doing this and that, and didn't want poor people. They didn't like poor people at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, you get into Margaret Sanger, who was the founder of uh, Planned Parenthood, and she said uh, blacks, Jews, and Italians. I mean, she may have said color people, but uh, were. As were like weeds and like weeds that need to be exterminated and then the whole plan was we need to i mean all this stuff is in like letters and in archives and, yeah, and they've been talking about the reason why they put it in poor neighborhoods was to do that same reason was and all you need to do is buy off a couple of preachers with a little bit of uh, you know with a little bit of money and then you know then we'll you know get them in there but you know so the true evil people and there was actually a video by, uh, maybe I'll try to find this uh, next, t- next time you want to rant. Is there's a video by Malcolm X way back in the day where he's saying that really the, you know, you've got Republicans who are basically, you know, a bunch of wolves, but then you have, but the real danger are the rich white elitist liberals. That it's the rich white liberals who come posing as your friend, who are really, you know, the devils who are, you know, trying to well, basically. And they're and they're just using, you know, the three million at the time. It was three million black people that vote as a politi- they said. But what you saying is there's 11 million at the time, 11 million black people, only three million them vote, but they're willing to pander to get that three million vote. But then they don't actually do anything. And if you actually and what I would like to do as a thought experiment, I mean, it probably would get me kicked off YouTube and I'm sure it would create some sort of furor is if I actually gave that Malcolm X speech, but then maybe just replace the word. You know, I think he says uh, either says, you know. Well, the, the word he's you know the basically if i just replace a couple words with you know african american from what he says then I, but then not attributed to him i meant would be massive backlash but yet it was a malcolm x, x speech uh and maybe i'll you know who knows you know youtube will probably end up you know even though it's fair use would probably end up uh you know having some sort of strike on the channel but if you guys haven't seen it type probably in
1: right strike
0: yeah type in malcolm x uh rich white liberal it's you know it was like a 10-minute speech that he gave back in the day and it's uh, quite fascinating uh you know because it's basically saying it's the rich white liberals are the are the real enemies of the black people uh you know and you know obviously you know mainly it's you know other blacks killing other blacks but you know you're not you know i'm not allowed to mention that so but i guess we won't mention that, that they
1: want to sit as oligarchs when a communist regime is put in place right like people think that you know like oh we're gonna have communist revolution and then they forget, like every single time that's been tried out, there's a rich oligarchist sitting on top, siphoning off the money uh, of the economy while everybody starves to death. Yeah, and they all
0: go, and they all go back to you know the British eugenic societies and and the uh, the lady who you uh, know I know Margaret Sanger looked up to this lady in Britain and that lady in I forgot her name, but that lady in Britain was in, you know pen pals with Hitler and uh and it was all it was all started to you know create pure bloodlines and to eradicate and, and me being italian they're one of the people i mean they wanted to eradicate me i mean i grew up with 19 year old parents have I been mean, 19 years old uh i mean i was basically you know the top of the chopping block of somebody that they'd want to get an abortion and you know grew up to poor parents then single parents so i mean i've you know but you know you're able to rise up against all that stuff obviously you know the the cards are stacked against you and uh it's just, and then you take a look at, you know, how the UN was founded and, you know, that was founded by Eugenesis and then, you know, getting into Rockefeller Foundation and all this stuff that, you know, really, you know, what you need to do and is And then go the, to-
1: the Sustainable Development Goals were created by the uh, the oil industry. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. It's funny how that works. You know, it's, uh, uh, who, who was it? Uh, Maurice Strong, actually, uh, the guy that, you know, is behind uh, the Sustainable Development Goals that we have today. He co-wrote it with- uh, uh, Gorhalen Brundtland, of uh, former Prime Minister of the Labour Party of Norway, uh, he actually was uh, hired by Rockefeller because uh, Maurice Strong was working in the Alberta oil industry. <laughs> so you know, there you go. Like it's uh, uh, this whole sustainable development goals, and and the oil industry, they just want to be able to con- have still control over the energy. So they're moving into taking control of the new energy sources that's going to get random on our throat because um we're not supposed to have easy energy easy access to energy because that would make us uh more able to do things like look at uh you know the dimensional the oil and then the printing of currency what that done to population growth uh it's just massive right and um what uh, they're really afraid of is uh, what what we should focus on is of course you know decentralization of, of, of money and also decentralization of energy. Those yeah. two together, you know. Yeah, I mean, those
0: those are the those are the solutions. And you go back into you know, the founding of the UN. I think I get the Huxleys mixed up, but I think it was a, a you know a Julian Huxley and then one of the other Huxleys wrote was a brave brave new world and then you know you get into their writings they're all you know top of the Eugenics society and then they also you know help form things like the world wildlife foundation which are actually you know to kill animals not to you know so it's just like you know how you know people in cps will be the ones who are the ones who are you know kidnapping children and it's always you know the the people who you know are in these psychopaths who then go to the thing. It's it's always the chicken garden, the hen house. Like oh, we'll have you know a Goldman Sachs Federal Reserve governor or a guy worth you know uh, you know billions of dollars or tens of millions of dollars. You know. Safeguard the, you know, the the, the treasury because you know they really care about you. But I do want to, you know, let people yeah. know that we are coming up at the top of the hour, and at the top of the hour, we're just going to be, uh, you know, streaming over on Float.app. So you guys want to go over see what that looks like. I have it paused for bandwidth issues right now, but it's Float.app forward slash the Liberty Advisor. Also, if you want to go over to uh, my YouTube channel as well right now, it's uh, it's it type in uh, Temp Show with the Liberty Advisor or the Liberty Advisor. I'm going to keep that one up as well. And then we will be going over to, uh, it, it will be posted afterwards on library, uh, dot TV forward slash at the Liberty Advisor. Uh, we'll get you there as well. And then afterwards, you will see the full show there. Also, uh, you know, available on iTunes and pretty much everywhere else you can get podcast fees. Because, you know, personally, I don't watch a lot of videos, don't uh, listen to a lot i mean i mainly am uh I, i like you know going around doing stuff out walking the dog doing different uh you know running errands and and listening to to uh to content personally now i know if you're obviously watching it right now maybe that that doesn't fit the bill or you you don't have time now you want to come back later that's a great way to uh to do it but yeah this whole world was set up by different eugenicists and uh you know speaking of eugenesis, we do have the federal reserve you know our meeting right now as we speak and you know surprise surprise you're gonna keep rates on hold till 2023 and guess what you know little uh, little, little, uh you know, surprise here—they're going to keep rates low forever. There's no way they're raising rates. Uh, I was talking about this in 2011 and got you know in trouble by the company I was working with at the time because they intercepted an email where I said that, and uh, they're like, "Oh, you can't prognosticate on that," which you know they should have hired me as their you know economic advisor because you know I, you know all they want. But as soon as they did start raising rates, which is which is basically a year ago uh you know actually it was, you know, it was a little bit more than a year ago it was uh the end of 2018 is when they had to you know reverse course on oh yeah we can sell 50 billion dollars of bonds a month i mean i was calling that out months this before i ever joined wham calling it out months in advance on my podcast saying there's no way they can sell 50 billion dollars of bonds a month and have a trade with china who is the second largest purchaser of bonds the first yeah, largest there's, purchaser there's of bonds. The you first know, largest the purchaser, yeah. The first largest purchaser of the bonds is the Federal Reserve. And now you're gonna go from being the largest purchaser to the largest seller, while then having a trade war with your second largest purchaser, and then your third largest purchaser is uh Japan. And they're the most indebted first world country uh in the world. In the world. I mean yeah. it doesn't seem like a very good strategy to me. And so they get you know very cocky with everything that's going on. And, uh, you know, and and one guy who, you know, sort of is, you know, coming around and surprising me. And and yeah, you know, he's always, you know, saying everything so that way he can say he was right. But you have Jim Cramer on the uh, Anthony Papagliano podcast talking about how he is, you know, willing to invest 1% of his net worth into Bitcoin. Because he sees you know, gold as something that, you know, in his opinion and in, in real estate it might keep up with inflation, but won't actually make money during inflation. And he thinks that Bitcoin could be something that could potentially uh, you know, actually make money during uh you know, during those types of environments. And it says, where you know what? Let me see here. Okay, I mean people, this is Jim Kramer speaking. I mean, people talk about like crypto gets hacked or whatever, you know, what's really bad, it's when your kids can't find your gold. And that is, by the way, not unusual. I mean, that's a problem in crypto too, if you were to pass away. So this is why I am fixated on needing to own crypto because I fear a massive amount of inflation and I don't have any. Gold will do okay. The houses will do okay. Those will keep me running in place. The idea of actually making money, well, holy cow, I'll take a shot at it with 1%. And and who knows if he's actually being genuine or if he's just trying to, you know, kiss Anthony Pompliano's ass. But I do want to, you know, thank uh, Zach, uh, 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 who is also every – Buy Every Dip tool on, uh on our Discord channel as well. And that's where, you know, John, I'm going to be getting more active on there, but John's very active. We've got a lot of active people on there, you know, sharing lots of uh, good economic stuff. So if you guys are economic nerds uh, like we are and want, want to get, you know, more of the day-to-day, that is definitely a great place to find it. But what do you think of, you know, Jim Cramer coming out and saying that, uh, you know, even he's, you know, looking at putting one percent of his net worth into into something like Bitcoin, I never, never, personally, I never really thought I'd see the day uh, of him, uh, you know, capitulating on that and saying that. So, what do you have to make about that? Well, I, I wrote an article back in 2019 saying, "Is
1: this going to be the year that uh, central banks is going to add uh, Bitcoin to their uh, reserves?" Of course, it hasn't been yet. There's been no central bank because if any central bank did that, that'd be the demise of central bank. As- they would actually capitulate uh, to the to the new system. So, uh, of course, they're not going to do that. But he, it's interesting that he's trying to you know, come out and say that he'll put 1% uh, of his portfolio in that, of course, uh, with, you know, potential drop in the stock market. But who knows, you know, with all this currency printing and everything coming forth, you know, we just have a Venezuela melt up, right, uh, where, you know, stock market goes up together with the, the inflation uh which of course happened but uh, of course gold and silver and, and, uh, and crypto in venezuela was way better hedged than the stock market itself uh as the stock market didn't you know near perform as well as uh, as uh, gold and uh, uh gold silver and uh, and crypto did during the during and uh, continuously doing uh during the venezuelan prices like right now for example um you have let me let me go in there tim i, I want to uh go and check out something here we're gonna go to venezuela um i'm just uh if, if you guys are interested in finding all this data that i'm looking at uh you could go to trading economics that you get all the data there it's it's fantastic it's very easy to use uh but i wanna go currently to the um uh to the uh, Venezuelan boulevard here uh the, no sorry it's not the the it, it, it's not the boulevard yeah it's it, it's the boulevard uh it's not the boulevard spray. it's the boulevard sub and actually i'm going to share uh tim i'm just going to start to screen share here um quickly because this is uh something that uh, like right again they're having another hyperinflation in uh in uh, Venezuela, as they're actually their their whole economy melted down, their, the currency collapsed, the, 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 Boulogne, it was called the Baluar fuerte. But as you can see here, uh, there's a new hyperinflation happening in Venezuela right now. And it's in the, uh, uh, in this Soberano. Uh, and, and as you can see, again, um, if we go down here in just a sec, uh, I'm just going to go down to uh you know the stock market in venezuela as you saw there you can see the um that was the actual boulevard sobrano the new currency is hyperinflating yet again so second hyperinflation over the other one and as you can see here you know take a look tim this is like it, it literally is following the 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 death of the the currency itself you know the stock market we could put it like this is interesting here let's go out to 25 year uh window here and as you can see do you see that one peak there tim that was the failure of the boulevard square the, the first um, uh, hyperinflation that i predicted in my book in 20 uh, that i wrote in 2013 i said that if you're reading this book you probably ended up in a massive devaluation of the currency or a uh, a currency failure actually they had a hyperinflation then they had the devaluation so i got (laughs) i got two points there and now they have another hyperinflation yet again so uh it's interesting how they're just totally mismanaging and as you can see now it's it's even worse than than the the first one uh so that's just like what could potentially happen as as i said you know the people are calling for deflation but again you could potentially also force uh you know what as Ben Bernanke said, you know, the, the printing presses will always win over uh, over deflation.
0: Or let's or let's, let's not forget that uh, I, I call him Osama Ben Bernanke. But let's not forget that you also had Bernie Sanders, who was praising, yeah. you know, what a great job you know, uh, Venezuela was doing with their economy and uh, well, you know, he's also praising praising, you know, Cuba's like literacy rates and things like that. And uh, he's like, Oh yeah, Venezuela they nationalized their oil and they're giving it back to the people and, you know, it is everything is fine until today it's not fine, I think is the you know, the biggest Basically, takeaway there is, you know, everyone's, you know, really complacent until boom, there's a crisis, but then they use the crisis that they created to then take more power then ultimately, you know, clamp down on the people even even worse. And you know, when it comes to something like, you know, Venezuela, like, yeah, we can get away with it because we are the world reserve currency but then guess what when you've got people like even ray dalio talking about how, how you know you know there's yep. a threat to the dollar you know maintaining its you know status as a reserve currency then i think it should be you know grounds for other people especially you know the treasury and the fed maybe coming out and you know not going on this you know crazy uh you know path of destruction that we're that we're currently on
1: no totally tim uh what we're hit right now, and this is actually the title of the, the whole uh, live stream here, was uh, uh, something that I came up with uh, the other day because it's uh, it makes totally sense uh, because it's um uh, it's it's a new era in uh, you know we got too big to fail they're calling it the the, the current uh, uh, Montreal elite I I would call them you know too big to exist because it comes to a point where you know an organization government everything gets way too big to exist. And we're at that point with both governments, you know, they're extremely over indebted. Uh, They're, you know, uh, getting very totalitarian. Um, And that's the reason why they are is because they need to protect the the, the fiat currency uh, that are underlying and losing so much value that they have to become totalitarian. Same with, you know, uh, as you know, you have further mergers and acquisitions right now. Uh, you'll have a massive, you know, conglomerate of um, uh, companies at the top that there's zero competition anymore, and they're too big to exist now. Um, And they're zombies. They're getting fed by, you know, cheap currency, getting printed by the the Federal Reserve and other central banks around the world. Just look at the the concentration of capital in in the major stocks, right, like Apple, Google, Facebook, and so on. Uh, it's just insane, the actual, you know, um, um, amount of, uh, I, I don't know what the percentages are now, but last time I think we looked, it was 21% of the total index was, uh, of capital was, you know, just five companies, right? So uh, it's, um, it's, it's getting to a point where it's, it's really bad. Um, so I, I think, you know, all these sovereign wealth funds, pension funds and all this stuff that are just getting so massive, they're too big to exist as well because they, they're not sustainable uh, sustainable anymore. They're not going to work. Um, and so, Tim, you know, w- what we're going to see is uh, you're going to see a, a lot of calamity coming out of this because uh, there's going to be, you know, uh, a lot of inflation some places, but then there's going to be massive deflation in other places. Um, I don't think we're going to see, like, people are calling for uh, debt jubilees. You know, they're going to have to cancel the debt. You know how the debt jubilee is going to look, Tim. Uh, it's going to look the way that basically the Federal Reserve will buy all the debt, right, like buy all the derivatives that are attached to all the subprime debt and all this garbage that's out there um, in the in the debt system. But then the Fed is going to be the, the creditor to you. <laughs> so uh, i i don't think you still are going to be able to uh, get away with you know not paying your debt for a while if the federal reserve still exists that's definitely not going to happen you're not going to have have a debt jubilee everybody wants to call for it but if you have a debt jubilee, the whole uh, all the banks will fail uh everything will just totally collapse uh and that's because it's too big to exist uh you know when you can't have a bank labs that are mismanaged uh, or or government collapse because it's mismanaged. It's too big to exist. It will fail. Uh, and that's the problem. Uh, their point of view is that it's too big to fail. So they need to continue to save it. But it's too big to exist. So it will fail no matter what they try to uh, try to do in policies or, or whatever they try to implement. So I, I, I don't see an exit out of this at all. But I, I, I could see, uh, you know, inflation uh, popping up in all these weird places. Um, you, you definitely, you've definitely seen inflation happening in the tech stocks. You know, everybody has been shoving uh, their payments here uh, in Canada as the payments. You know, gone into uh, investment portfolios. Uh, the the savings also. This is you know interesting. We were talking about the savings increase. Uh I don't think we talked about this on the on the uh, on on our chat here, but um, you know the the savings, for example, in uh, in Canada uh is up 28 percent on a quarterly basis right now uh that is uh, very similar to another uh, another um, uh, what do you call it yeah you call it um um that's sorry that's similar to another uh, uh event in history uh it was remember the weimar republic tim you know what happened in weimar republic you had a massive crash you had the great depression there right like everything uh, collapsed. People, uh, but before the hyperinflation, people started saving because they had hard times. They really started to save heavily. And of course, in Canada, you know, the savings rates are uh, are up from uh, at the highest in January, 3.6 percent. And it jumped to 6.1 by March. And then at July, it was uh, as much as 28.2 percent. So people have more Uh, cash available because here in Canada, we did the serve payments, which was actually better than minimum wage. So uh, a lot of my wife's employees and other employees jumped on that uh, and, you know, been staying on that. And they actually been able to, uh, if you go and look at consumer debt in Canada, consumer debt is slightly down uh, but savings are massively up. So all that saved up money, Tim, that's a store uh, of like, it's almost like a tectonic plate you know, on the one side that it's really like, you know, getting a lot of pressure because uh, people are saving the money uh, just because they know that there might be a second lockdown. There might be another crisis coming. All that money is now stored up. But at one point that money has to will start coming out into the economy when they feel more safe about the economy and when things are better. So it might be after a crash, you know, that that money would just be saved in cash, whatever, in the bank accounts. But at one point that savings will start to uh, enter the economy and, uh, and and out of the stock markets. So you, you also got to remember uh, out of the stock markets because of the baby boomers, they are starting to exit, you know, and, and starting to uh, need to actually pay for their livings and so on with uh, stock market money. That money is going to come from the stock market. So inflation is going to shift over from the stock market potentially over to real goods and services. Uh, and then with all the savings rates people are suddenly going to start spending that into the economy that would suddenly kick in uh, uh, what's called monetary velocity so the fast how fast money is moving in the system suddenly you could have a uh, very big inflationary event or even it could cause a hyperinflationary event uh, down the line after you know the the pressures of uh, deflation have you know rare this ugly head and, so there's there's several ways there's, you know, the, the Fed is continuously printing money that will store up more savings, potentially. Uh, and, and then suddenly, you know, after one or two years, you have a total hyperinflationary collapse on your hands when that money uh, suddenly moves into the real economy. again. Um, so that's that's what I think. And that's another potential, of course, on top of um, on top of, you know, the hyperinflationary stock markets, as you saw in, in countries like Venezuela. Uh, I, I think the stock market, if if you have a huge inflation, you're also going to see the stock markets going up, unfortunately, uh, even though that, you know, they will uh, potentially crash right now. There's a lot of overvaluation, but it could go both ways. I, I, I'm not 100 percent sure right now. Like there's a lot of uncertainty. But what we know for sure is that there will be a lot of deflation and a lot of inflation in certain places in the economy.
0: Yeah. And there's the thing is, since it's a house of cards, uh, you know, there's no way they can allow deflation because if there is deflation, then the entire system implodes underneath the weight of itself. But then what they need to do to make sure there's not deflation is they need to, you know, way over correct to have massive inflation, which then the system then implodes on itself also. So both ways, you know, sort of, you know, no matter what road you take now, you know, it's going to lead back to it. But under a non-debt based monetary system, it wouldn't be a big deal and actually would benefit people to have deflation just like there was deflation you know basically post-civil war america until the federal reserve was uh, created. So it's funny that, you know, without a Federal Reserve, this is in between the second Central Bank of America and the Federal Reserve, which the Federal Reserve is actually like the third iteration of central banks in America, that uh, we did see massive deflation. You know, I, I do have a video on my on my channel that's called something to the effect of uh, why we're all slaves to central bankers, where I go through in pretty good detail. Mike Maloney's Hidden Secrets of Money, part four, also sort of explains, you know, why you can't have uh, deflation in the system. I mean, not to say that you can't have it, but in this giant bubble debt-based monetary system,
1: you can't have it. You can't taper a Ponzi scheme, right? Like there's there's zero chance yeah. of that. You could have, uh, a, like just let deflation run. Did
0: you make detect- that up? Is that is that your quote? The did you make that one up? Because that's that's pretty good. If you uh, came you can't up, can't taper
1: that a Ponzi scheme? No, that's uh, Mitch firestein a hedge, former head fund manager. Uh, from wall street but he also wrote planet ponzi uh, so it's just a fantasy quote
0: yeah and even you've got uh what was it uh uh I'm trying to think of the guy's name uh bernie madoff was talking about how the whole system's a b- big ponzi scheme and they're like oh well he's not credible it's like you know what he's credible in one thing ponzi yeah, scheme. he knows Ponzi That's scheme. What, you know what he is there's, <laughs> if there's one thing that he's credible and that would be it and uh, I do also want to uh, remind you, know, thank everyone who's watching us on, uh, on my YouTube channel right now. We did cut it on Wham, but I gave everyone on Wham ample warning and opportunities in the comments that it was going to be cut uh, at the top of the hour. And then, you know, and for the uh, three or four people watching us on float.app, Forward slash the Liberty Advisor. Definitely appreciate uh, your support as well, because if we can't get our community and the people, uh, you know, like-minded who already hate YouTube, I mean, I mean, I'm guilty of this as well. If we can't even get us to go over to other platforms, then, you know, how's it going to happen? But, you know, personally, I'm more of a podcast listener, so you guys can always get the podcast. Definitely want to thank uh, Zach for getting the podcast up and running. But one other article I do want to talk about, and we've got multiple articles we want to talk about, is you had sent this over, and this is from bitcoin.com, but report market valuation of 14 bank it, giant, banking giants shed 635 billion dollars this year and uh you know some of our favorites over here like uh you know jp morgan chase and wells fargo have lost you know you know over 100 billion dollars of uh of market cap it looks like i'm trying to uh you know uh look at this smaller screen and then Bank of america almost at 100 billion 93 billion uh the bank of china is down 73 billion but you know china's got their own problems like massive massive uh you know shadow banking and it it almost seems like the government intervention going on in china like their version of the federal reserve is even worse than what's even going on in uh in america which is hard to contemplate because you know it's hard to think of other people messing things up more than i don't say we but you know more than we're messing things up over here unless you know i guess you're talking about venezuela then you know uh, it seems like they, you know, constantly are taking the cake for how they can, you know, basically repeat the same insanity over and over and over again, and uh, you know, and, and never really get themselves out of that. John,
1: no, definitely not. And uh, like bank stocks are in are in trouble, of course, because their uh, their whole system is is, uh, is failing. Of uh, of uh, you know, fiat. They are the ones actually running the Federal Reserve. They are the shareholders in the Fed. And even the the most solid, the the number one systemically important bank in the world right now has dropped. You know their their share price was 140 uh, at the start of um, let's see here. Um, it was just one second here.
0: I'm just trying to pull it up. <clears throat> Sorry, here. Um, but it better not be a COVID, uh, clearing out your throat. So, you know, <laughs> otherwise get the, uh, get the contact tracers out there, which, you know, things are going crazy in China or not, but yeah, China too, but in Canada with contact tracing and things that they're making you guys do. And
1: yeah, they're, they're really trying to force, uh, people and back into, uh, another, uh, you know, a shutdown here. They really are drooling on that. The liberals, uh, the federal government. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think we're in for some uh, serious trouble um, here in Canada again. They extended the border closures now until like mid-November.
0: So is it just, just so is it just Canadians then that can get into that can get into Canada? Because uh, I know Josh is actually making his way up there right now as we speak. I'm not sure what they're doing. Yeah, still, Canadians uh... can make their
1: yeah as a citizen. You can always make your way back to the country to to where you're enslaved by, of course, because they would love to have more tax slaves. <laughs> so, of course, yeah, I saw uh, that
0: they, were, they were originally were trying to entice you guys to get back there uh you know saying oh we're not going to give you you know health insurance coverage if you're in a foreign country unless you make it back here by like March 21st or so I don't know it was oh, yeah, they, something like that Yeah they definitely
1: yeah they definitely uh, pulled that one Now uh if you look at JP Morgan Chase there too uh Tim like it's interesting it just made uh like back on 1st of December 2019 it made its uh all-time record high the last time it had a record high uh, like the, the the old record high was back in 31st of March 1998 uh, when it was 139.55 so basically uh we're way below the the uh, the highest share price so holding uh over the long term JP Morgan Chase has been a terrible loss basically if you held it you know if you're a baby boomer and held JP Morgan you know it's, it's not been doing very well Unless you bought it right at the well, bottom. Speak,
0: well, speaking of Bay Boomers, we do have as part of that Bitcoin.com article that we're taking a look at it earlier, which we got up on the screen now. And this is Robert Kiyosaki of Rich Dad Poor Dad. So baby Boomers had it easy, Kiyosaki said. Plenty of jobs, low cost real estate, rising stock market. Millennials have had it hard. 9-11, 2008, real estate crash and now COVID-19. The good news are millennials are tech savvy boomers are not and bitcoin blockchain digital currencies give millennials a head start into the future so even uh even kiyosaki is, is you know is, is kiyosaki going to be at the red pill expo so i do want to let people know that you know there's probably about a 95 percent chance that i'll be at the red pill expo and just to let you guys know that is something that's going on gieber griffin is 89 years old putting it on at Jekyll Island so you know how many more chances you know in your life are you really gonna get a chance to see G.R.A. Griffin at Jekyll Island the uh, home of where all this tyranny started uh, and so, you know, I do want to let people know about that. So you, I just, you know, search engine, uh, red pill conference, red pill expo, G Edward Griffin, Jekyll Island, something like that. You should be able to find it. I think the website's like red pill. Expo. Yeah. Let me, uh, let
1: me double check. I think he actually is uh, speaking, uh, as a speaker. No, actually he is not a speaker this year. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki. It's interesting. There's not not they're having the Red Pill Expo at the uh, and we do
0: have it on screen right now for those of you who are listening. So you know, wow. So three weeks, two days, and 22 hours. So yeah, I, I need to uh, figure out my plans for that. And uh, if you want to talk to Ed and let him know that you know that if if he, they have any speakers that back out or need need to have a speaker, you know, I'd be uh, you know happy to put something together. Yeah, because there's, there's
1: not very much uh, like we're talking about the vaccine mostly here. Uh, it is, Alex Newman is going to talk a little bit about Cashflow Society, which I touched upon at uh, a recent, like two recent Red Pill Expos that I spoke on, like uh, last prior years uh, on cash flows. Uh, so there's not very many, like, yeah, since it's at Jekyll Island, there should have been more speakers, in my point of view, that takes on, you know, the economic side of things. Unfortunately, uh, there's not very many because the focus is currently on the vaccines and health and, and, and all that. So uh there's a lot of, a lot of that unfortunately so uh, of course ed griffin is going to speak himself uh on the, the 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 creator of the book is going right. to basically go to jekyll island and hang out there and
0: so Del, and Del, Del big tree as well and the thing is there's probably not going to be a ton of people there so then which is you know all the more better if you're not a you know if you don't know any of these people because then you can go there and you're in a you know relatively tight quarters uh i doubt these are people that are going to be social distancing so you could probably actually get up and close to them and obviously you know don't bite them or anything like that but you got to you know del Victory is going to be there and that guy is just an og david i uh, will
1: also be speaking live from london
0: uh yeah as well yeah, so he will be getting you know pipe piped in there, but yeah, if you want to put a shout out to uh, to Giober Griffin, let him know that you know I always bring the fire every time I, I talk. You know I'd be happy because you know with the coronavirus, who knows if people's planes get canceled or they get kicked off flights for not having masks. I'm actually thinking about driving there because uh, you know I've have you know refused to put a mask on, and at this point uh, don't, but I also don't want to get banned for life from the airlines as well. Oh, yeah. So.
1: Yeah, no, you definitely, you definitely should come out to the Red Bull Expo if you have a chance. It's just epic. It's it's at uh, you know Jekyll Island, and who gets the chance? Like I, I just wish I could go there, but it looks very uh, not a good chance that I can go right now because of the stupid pandemic and border closures here in Canada by the tyrannical government over here. Uh, so it's a uh, You know, it might change. Who knows? Like I might uh, try to figure out a way to get down there. Uh, I'm going to talk to Ed tomorrow uh, and see if, uh, you know, there's a way. He helped me actually fast forward my uh, application for a permanent residency. And instead of taking four months, it took like two weeks because Ed wrote a letter last time. (laughs) that I needed to uh, because I forgot to renew my stupid uh, permanent residentship. So maybe Ed could pull something off for me uh you know make it essential travel which it definitely is in my point of view uh going down to the red Pull expo so hopefully we can uh get something going there it would just be uh just a big thing to be down there for for especially for you me as economics geek, Tim, geeks Tim, to be down at the place where uh the scam started in the first place the, you know the biggest ponzi scheme in the world history uh so it would be you know epic to be there so i'm not I'm not discounting it yet, but it's, it's very, uh, it's looking very hard to you know, be able to get to that point to be able to travel down there. Uh, but I do have a lot of, uh, a lot of air miles <laughs> and a lot of, uh, uh, because we had to cancel a vacation to Hawaii. I got a lot of, uh, you know, rewards points or whatever they give you uh, from those cancellations. So I had no problem getting down there. It's just that, how am I going to, because I basically have to it's come back, back uh, yeah, it's getting enforce- back, yeah. Some- they're gonna enforce me with you know 14 day quarantine at the airport. Uh, they basically have like now they're really enforcing it here in Manitoba. So, they had like defined like a whole bunch of people already, uh, for you know it's $800 or something to uh, you know, uh, uh, not uh, quarantining yourself. So, I, I think. You know, we'll see. Like, uh, I'm or, or just, let's, start, let's start a go,
0: let's start an eight hundred dollar GoFundMe for uh, for John Stice or whatever they or maybe a thousand, so that way they take. whatever sixteen hundred
1: for like, if you can cover a sixteen hundred, that's for like two weeks of uh, my pay. You know, I'm, I'm all for it. I'll I'll stay out in the in the camper or whatever I have <laughs> to uh, to to make it happen. So maybe maybe we we'll, you know, I'd lo- I'd love to go there, but the government is forcing me basically to you know, lose two weeks of pay because they're, uh, you know, running this scandemic, uh, of course. And it's, uh, it's very frustrating, Tim.
0: Well, how uh, speaking of sp- scandemic is we have that, uh, let me put this up here on screen right now is the virologist whistleblower says COVID-19 was intentionally created in a Chinese lab. Oh. And then I did, and then I did see that, uh, uh, it was like three days ago, you had Zero Hedge tweeted out something. Oh, yeah. How long before she's silenced on, on Twitter? And, and uh, it only took two days. So yesterday, Twitter removed her account. And so, you know, the uh, Twitter, the free speech bastion. And that's why we're telling people to go to things like Flo, that sense be-
1: Chinese people from talking
0: Oh, <laughs> believe, believe all women, unless they're a woman in a Chinese communist whose life's on the line for coming out with this information. Then, yeah, then don't believe her. So, I mean, it's always double Black, standards we have a we have a chinese lady
1: as well our health star here uh teresa Tam you know she was. they actually came out and said that you know was well, we she like that,
0: 600 pounds like every other finance or every other oh, health she's minister she's like, have
1: she's skinny as heck and like she looks crazy but uh
0: i guess uh, it, i guess there really aren't any other like that
1: glory holes uh, should be one of the things that <laughs> oh that was on. her yeah that was her and her accomplishments in the liberal government of course uh you know glory holes or wear your masks no kissing you know like come on like they, they they're gotten insane where they believe that they can control people's lives and they've really been able to scare people because here in manitoba i saw you know at the start you know the pandemic i, I like help this whole thing i haven't worn a mask ever i traveled all over the province uh like everywhere uh in the province i've almost been now uh and uh there's I, I haven't worn a mask yet the only time i had to wear a mask is where i'm at right now at the ho- damn hotel uh and uh, of course uh because they have like a, a case of like 150 kilometers away they have like uh, uh what is it now like 60 70 active cases of COVID. uh this is the you know tim I, I shared a video actually if you wanna um could you find that video on actually i'll find that video on the discord uh because this is a video that everybody should see was, uh, it the one with, with, was
0: it the tucker carlson video with with her and the uh and tucker carlson or what, what video was that because there was because i was i'm always hesitant no, because of this, is a,
1: this is a independent researcher uh it's just fantastic like he goes into great detail on virology and how everything works he's saying that you know the the actual second wave that they called it it was in the southern states because it's a total natural way of uh uh, re- uh respiratory illnesses to actually come during the period that it did that it peaked where you are Tim in the southern states where it's more sunnier and so on uh and it actually followed exactly what uh, any other virus would have done yeah it's actually uh, it's called the viral issue uh, uh crucial uh, update September 8th and uh if you guys want to look it up it's it's actually a guy his YouTube channel is called Iber Cummings uh, Cummins, um, and this is just like just fantastic. Like this guy just has a total object uh, objective view, which is good. Uh, and he just goes into all the data and he looks at uh, you know Sweden, looks at uh, all the other countries. He basically shows exactly how any other natural you know peak would happen in in virology and how all this happens. And said like there's you know no impact with wearing masks at all, like versus you know the because they actually added, you know, to wear a mask at the rare end of uh, the first peak. Because they, they uh, very likely these guys must have known that actually the, uh, the it was on the down slope as a natural uh, virus would do uh, with the current wave that you're looking at. Like it was actually you know spot on with you know how it works and everything. Uh, and it was just very interesting, Tim, because it's it actually. Uh, I think they implemented it right at the time when they knew that, you know, cases would go down uh, and they knew that also cases would start to ramp up a little bit in the Southern states. Uh, so these guys must have, uh, could have potentially known that it was a perfect timing to put it in, but it shows that masks doesn't work at all, he says. And he goes into a lot of, a lot of fantastic data that uh, anybody that, you know, would like to debunk these morons that are and buffoons that are following World Health Organization's regulations <laughs> should really take a look at, uh, because I, I'm a data guy, I, I, I love to look at the real data, uh, not, you know, manipulated data, like a lot of the data today is manipulated by the um, by the economics uh, people and of course, health, uh, health advisors and so on, uh, to, you know, benefit themselves and to implement different things. And of course, um, this guy here said that, you know, Sweden, uh, same as everybody else, actually like did nothing uh, almost, and they ended up at the same place as everybody else, uh, even better than stuff. So it's it's interesting how, you know, all this tyranny that they uh, put in, all uh, those push, it's, you know, it's, they, they totally use this because they knew it was an economic crisis. Let's just, you know, ramp this up. Let's cover it with the virus. And then let's actually... Uh, you know implement more medical tyranny. I should see what's coming right now from uh, hick vision and other uh, security providers in the world uh, out there they're having metal detectors with thermal scanners on them now that are getting uh, that just got made and uh, getting pushed out to the public just wait you'll uh, wait when they open up the uh, open up again you know if, the, if they could get away with this if you don't stop them and actually tell them wh- what a scam this is, you know, you're going to see the sports places everywhere. There's metal detectors. They're also going to have thermal scanners now on the metal detectors. Um, then, of course, like they're working on thermal uh, thermal scanners for access control uh, into offices and all this stuff. So basically, it's the security industry that is also behind this. In my point of view, uh, you know, pushing this agenda that they also did during the 9-11. Uh, event uh, where, you know, like, look at the, the, how hard it is to travel, all the security features and everything that is in place now, and all the rights that was taken away, you know, with uh, basically watching us every single step that we take on this planet. Um, so I, I think, uh, you know, this, this whole uh, thing is, is a bit, uh, probably one of the biggest scams they ever been able to uh, create with this virus. You know, it's, yeah, it's a virus that kills people, it's horrible. I'm not underplaying that. You know, some people don't believe that it exists. I I, I think that it probably kills people. Uh, but again, you know, it's it's not near as bad. Like viruses exist everywhere. You know, viruses killed. Unfortunately, old people have uh, terrible immune systems, and people in the United, a lot of people in the United States, that's exempting you, Tim, because you're 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 pretty healthy. Uh, are very in very terrible shape. You know, they said that the average American takes about thirteen medications uh, on a monthly basis. Um, so it's uh, that is uh, that is pretty sad, and, and that is also why the United States have had such a high impact on uh, death rates. In my point of view, is because that you know Americans are generally unhealthy. To get with, of course, Canadians are right in the same boat as Americans. Um, so it's. It, it's, it's not a good point to be like, and you know, it's funny how Fauci just recently, Tim, we were talk, I think you and me were talking about how it suddenly came out and said that, oh, I'm taking vitamin D and vitamin C and, and so on you know which used to get was... you kicked
0: off youtube I mean, susan wojenski the youtube ceo who i believe is was the sister of one of the like larry page and, and so you have this one and then like her sister-in-law is like the 23andme founder so this one you know family just has all this control but she came out and said you know back in i think in april or march oh you know examples of things that will kick people off youtube is if you recommend you know things like vitamin c which you know there's plenty of quackery things that, or things that are much further down the rabbit hole that you can list than to, you know, start yeah. off with vitamin C. And then just recently, yeah, like Fauci two days ago said, oh, yeah, vitamin D is a good supplement to have. And even people that live in, you know, sunny places like I'm at right now, like very close to Sun City. And, uh, you know, and even, you know, it's especially the people who are in the sunniest places sometimes actually are the most deficient in vitamin D because they're always inside, you know, like, you know, it's like 108 out today, yeah. uh, which is actually, you know, cooling down from 115 we did have a nice spell of 90 degree days thanks to the california's mismanagement of their wildfires because it <laughs> sent all the smoke over here so but it was like perfect it was like just an amount of enough smoke to sort of block out the sun to make it like a beautiful 90 degrees you know cloud cover artificial cloud cover obviously and uh you know definitely appreciate people who are tuning in we see uh shafi d saying uh Best show ever, guys. So thank you very much. Uh, I died in 2020. I uh, was asking why we have bots in the chat. So what I'm doing right now is I have Restream, which then takes in all different feeds from all different places, puts all the chats on one thing. And so that way I can respond in one place yeah. and then it feeds it out everywhere else. Just so you guys know, it's not some random, you know, Russian bots or something. <laughs> that's, that's uh, that that's <laughs> Yeah, but one of the uh, one of the other crazy stories, and I, I do apologize too because I, I figured out that because I was trying to mute myself when I was typing, but then I realized that it was only muting myself to John and not everybody else. And there's another button I need to press over here because uh, it is sort of a complicated setup that I am running over here. But I did figure that one out too, so I apologize and appreciate you guys. You know, bearing with me on that one. But one of the other you know sort of crazy stories that's out there is uh, the IRS is offering a six hundred and twenty-five thousand dollar bounty to anyone who can break Monero and Lightning Network. And, you know, and I think what what it is is they're going to give people, here it is, yeah, an initial $500,000. And then, uh, you know, and then they'll give another $125,000 grant after that. And, you know, and to me, it's almost seems like, uh, you know, I'm not a computer hacker or anything like that. But it seems like almost like an insulting offer to come up with. uh, You know, you want to take this, you know, billion dollar network and give somebody $625,000 to crack it. I mean, it would be much more advantageous if they could crack it just to, you know, go and steal the money on their own or to, uh, you know, use that as some sort of licensing uh, consulting deal, you know, here I am, like I'm from like Shark Tank or something giving advice. You no, know, you know?
1: we should do a cross offer, Tim. Uh, we'll, we'll offer the uh, uh, the IRS and the CRA $675,000 to stop existing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, something to tell yeah, I mean, that'd be pretty much just as insulting an offer on their, on their yeah. standpoint in terms of something <laughs> that won't, uh, something that wouldn't definitely uh, make sense. Uh, yeah, but
1: yeah, I mean,
0: And the thing is, I mean, you think like what, if hackers could actually, you know, trace Monero that they wouldn't have already done so by now that they're going to be, I mean, these are a lot of times these are people who are not, you know, necessarily motivated by money and, but, you know, but money is a big motivating factor. And and guess what, you know, with, I forgot what the market cap of Bitcoin is, you know, right this moment, but, you know, you've got, you know, probably over a hundred billion reasons to try to, uh, you know, to try to hack Bitcoin, and guess what? It hasn't happened yet. And so, yeah, you can attack it, but you can't actually uh, hack it. And I, I typed in the wrong the coin market capcom to see what the market cap of Bitcoin is. Yeah, and right it, the entire universe is 346. And with Bitcoin was, yeah, $200 billion market cap. Ethereum, let me uh, switch over there. Ethereum, uh, $42 billion. Tether, which is actually, wow. Tether's all at the number three spot. Ripple uh, scam, the, the Polkadot. What what the hell is polkadot? Somehow is number five. I don't yeah, know. that's
1: a that's a whole new. I haven't looked too much into it, and I'm not going to even care because it seems like it's another uh, another experiment by the uh, by the elites to try to entice people. Did it to, did it
0: change yeah. its name to something or like like how did it? All, I mean, I've heard a lot of talk about DeFi, and you know that's probably a whole the rabbit hole. We'll, we'll get some crypto experts on to, on a future yeah. show to talk about to talk about all that sort of stuff uh but yeah just yeah i just wanted to point out the fact that you know obviously you know they're scared if they want to you know are offering these bounties but they're not scared enough to offer you know an actual uh you know legit bounty because for me that's you know sounds like it's sort of like a insulting offer
1: uh oh it's it's supposed to be a uh a a web 3.0 uh blockchain
0: and that's uh the polka dot is that what you're referring to yeah that's the
1: polka dot it's uh it's basically like they're trying to build web 3.0 fun uh like underlying um movement so uh, yeah like i uh, will have to look i'll look more into it And and of course it's uh you know things things are happening all over the place and uh you never know uh you know maybe it's uh i'll, I'll look more into it as i said but um it's a web 3 foundation that runs it and um yeah they're actually like uh, looking at uh you know trying to build uh the new internet on top of the blockchain of course uh a lot of people have
0: um like colin cantrell of nexus i mean his project is you know doing something yeah. similar i mean i think that he's you know a pretty legit guy but it's almost like if you're trying to do too much you know, it's either going to be something that's worth a trillion dollars or it's going to go to zero. So, I mean, you know, this is not investment advice, you know, very uh, you know, my first time, you know, really looking into polka dot at all. And but I do see another article here that just came out uh, right now where it shows this is on zero hedge. JP Morgan warns of 200 billion enforced and force month end selling And what they're talking about is you know usually on a quarterly basis what happens is you're going to have uh, you know different different funds have to keep certain exposures in in line so let's say uh, a certain fund might have you know in its prospectus that 60% of its assets have to be in stocks and so now if you know because of this great you know quarter we had now if let's say now if it's 75% now they need to go have a force sell to get it back down to 60 and what uh jp morgan is saying is that there's going to be about 200 billion dollars of for selling by the end of the month and then what and, and that will be because things are going great uh you know i'll use that in air quotes but then that will then create a cascade of, of bad news for donald trump who has married himself to the stock market and the average person is not sophisticated enough to understand i mean obviously our listeners i'm not you know de- degrading our listeners because you guys are listening to us so with me means you're about a thousand steps ahead of everybody else and knowing that this stuff is going on. But that is, you know, a massive thing to overcome is if you have you know, all this forced selling just to rebalance. And, and conversely, that's you know part of the reasons why the stock market bounced back before is that it worked in the opposite direction is if you were at 60 and now all of a sudden you're at 45%, then you need to force buy to then get back up. It's also a reason why people speculated into the Tesla because now if Tesla, if it was included, which it wasn't uh, included in the S&P 500, then these funds who are tracking the S&P 500 will then be forced to buy it. And then people were trying to front run that and to get ahead of that, uh, but it didn't end up happening. And uh, part of that could be because of some of the uh, pay compensation package from Elon Musk. But I do know this is something that we're, you know, we're trying to, you know, kind of keep these like hour and a half type type shows. Uh, I do have uh, some errands I got to run and got to, you know, trade a couple stocks and talk with a few clients. But I uh, definitely appreciate everyone for watching. Uh, do you have, do you have uh, some more articles you wanted to share before we, we headed out? or? Uh... Yeah,
1: just, uh, just going to share because this is, this is all about uh, you and your clients as well, Tim. Uh, I just wanted to show you where the, where the problems are in the economy right now um and and this is actually so this is to, yeah well because
0: right oh. now we're still we're still trying to get that up but you know why we're getting up uh, okay it's up now but i just want to let people know that right now uh, i have up the minimum uh, client portfolio to fifty thousand dollars and that's going to be uh till november so basically you've got a month and a half and then come november we're going up to a hundred thousand dollars uh at that point so if you guys want to get in and be able to talk to me uh have us manage your portfolio whether it's an old ira old 401k what have you uh you know a, trust fund whatever whatever you've got going on Uh, We would, you know, love the opportunity for that. But, you know, if you've got, you know, between 50 and $100,000 right now is the time to be able to do that because, you know, the window to that is getting shut in November, in which case it's going to be 100,000 above. And then eventually what's probably going to happen is we'll probably let, we'll probably have people, you know, back down to 25 or 50, but you're not going to be talking with me. You're talking with somebody else. And so if you want to, you know, get in on the, not saying it's the ground floor now, but, you know, with the market bouncing back, you guys do have another opportunity. You've got another mulligan, another chance to do this again. And you guys can go to libertyadvisor.com. There's a, a section in there that says you know work with Tim or something like that or, or you know schedule us and then you click on that go to the calendar schedule yourself in and then we can you know have a conversation with myself and that's going to be something that's not going on forever but sorry sorry about that I want to make a quick shameless plug because uh, we're not you know we don't have any sponsors of this show so you know one way we keep you know the uh, lights on over here and, and you know help pay for things and have the time because time is money have the time to do this is by you know getting clients from doing things like this and we definitely appreciate everyone who has come on board but uh sorry for that plug and we'll kick it back to you John you know
1: actually I'm gonna run right into your plug and continue it because uh uh this is uh I I just wanted to show this at the end because this is where the risks are for for people and uh of course I'm not a financial advisor but this is actually the data from uh the securities and exchange commission and others uh in the united states and they're showing uh like how how the uh, uh, everybody is investing in the united states uh and what is being the assets that they have um, and so you find it interesting but you probably know this and uh, as you can see this is the top one percent you can see that they have uh, on an average 38.24 percent in equities uh, that they hold so they're exposed to equities right there. That's 38 percent of their holdings. It's pretty pretty high, uh, and of course that's a part of you know the uh, the Warren Buffetts, the uh, uh, the Bill Gateses, the uh, Amazon, you know the the, the Bezos and, and uh, Musk and all these guys. Then they also have equity in their businesses because they're business people. They run uh, big corporate businesses. A lot of them in the top one percent. Uh, then they hold debt securities, 7%. Uh, pension entitlements is 5%. Uh, deposits and uh, and money markets, 12%. Real estate is 11 point, uh, 11% of their total assets. Uh, then consumer durable goods basically is, I, I don't know why that's an asset here. It, it really Tim, it's, it's basically like evaluating uh, like a camper or a car or something like that. So well, maybe maybe you know,
0: they had, you know, stock to- Stock, uh, stock piles of toilet paper and, and that's a consumer durable. So at one point, toilet paper was uh, worth a pretty penny. So. Yeah, it
1: could, could be. Uh, yeah, that, that makes sense. That's, uh, that's a good consumer durable bull good to actually stack
0: right now. Not too durable, uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, not very durable, yeah. Uh, but then you have other, other assets It's 1.3%. So it's funny, like there, there's no saying of gold, like precious metals here at all. Uh, they're not talking about that anybody holds precious metals. So I, I found that interesting. Then we go down to the ten top, you know, ten uh, percent. Uh, uh, they are now like now you're seeing that they hold equities twenty point forty eight percent. The they, they still own business. Uh, they're business owners, but they're not the big corporate guys. You know, they they own small, uh, medium sized businesses. Uh, most of, uh, well, medium sized businesses, most of them. Uh, then you got debt securities that they're holding. Pension entitlements though, unfortunately, as you can see, it's a 29.07%, uh, Tim. So that is, uh, depending on how that is managed, you know, that could be a big risks to their portfolio and their holdings. Uh, then they got the 11.59% in deposits and uh, money markets again. AT, it's a little bit more real estate uh, holdings, like the, their real estate is a little bit more of their portfolio uh, same with durable goods, but then other assets at 1.9. So it's very similar because there's the 1% is so huge, I guess that, you know, it really like distorts the um the, uh, no, this is actually the top 9%, sorry, underneath the 1%. So, but they're pretty, yeah, pretty equal, but a little bit more, uh, a little bit less, uh, you know, business because the businesses are smaller, but then more pension, as I said, pension uh, invested money and in real estate. Then we go down to the middle class, there, Tim. The middle class is uh, is in a lot of trouble, <laughs> as you can see here. Uh, they have very little equities, actually. They they uh, they have a little bit of private business uh, holding still because they're small, medium-sized business, uh, no small business size owner, you know, like the the sole proprietorships and all that. Debt uh, securities, uh, not too much. Then you can see their pension entitlements. This is where the we were talking about the pension problems that's coming with you know zero rates and so on. Their pensions are thirty two point forty four percent. That's a substantial amount. And then of course suddenly their real estate, like their home, is now a pretty decent amount of their uh, their holdings at thirty one point twenty four percent. You see other assets is interesting. It actually jumped to three point seventy nine. Maybe there's some uh, gold in there. Hopefully, Tim. Uh, among <laughs> gold and silver, among the uh, the middle class, we can only hope that we've convinced some of these guys to uh, you know hold some of those assets uh, through our opinions, of course. Uh, and then the bottom fifty percent, it's it's really they're they're screwed basically because they they only have they have very little pensions and very little uh, you know uh, assets in the markets, but their real estate is their main asset. Um, so that's for, you know, the the people that are retiring, You know they're in, they're in some serious trouble. 52.55% of their total assets is their real estate uh, and they need to sell it. Uh, a lot of them are baby boomers that, you know, need to sell. And then how, are, how is that going to react into a market suddenly where real estate prices drop tremendously, right? And so there's a lot of risk here because people are not, you know, well-versed in how to properly diversify themselves a lot of times. And as you can see, they're not uh and they believe that a lot of um uh, as i said you know your real estate is not an asset until you sell it uh, because it's a liability because usually unless you rent out like have a duplex or something rent out uh, your house uh, it's definitely not an asset it has, it's actually a liability um uh, and um as you can see they're heavy on consumer durables you know they uh, the bank looks at that as an asset you shouldn't really look at that as an asset that's you know if you have more debt uh then you actually have in the, the, the value of the good. And like, and it's not an asset until you sell it again. So that's another one. Interestingly enough, they're 5.71% other assets. Hopefully, is that gold and silver? I really hope so, Tim. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I'm not certain, you know, what... Uh, what is under
0: it? Probably. Uh, probably like Nike shoes or Jordans or some other crap <laughs> like that. Uh, but but I think one of the important things to point out, and this is something I've been pointing out like right from the get go, is only you know, at the you know, only like really the top ten percent of Americans really have enough stock or appreciable amount of stock to really make a difference. So when Trump goes and touts the stock market, great. You're talking to like only maybe the top 10. I mean, you're leaving out, you mean, you're basically excluding 90% of all the voters who in terms of who, you know, give a shit about, you know, what's going on in the stock market. But, you know, obviously, there's other reverberating, you know, effects of that. And so I think that's going to be, you know, a big thing, you know, that's going to play into all this. It's something I've been talking about, you know, for a very long time. And we do have, you know, that $200 billion of force selling that's going to be going on at the end of the month. And that's, you know, not going to be very good news, you know, going into October. You know, they're going to pull some sort of other October surprise and boom, uh, you know, we're right back into it. But on a long enough time horizon, the stock market's probably going to go to infinity uh, for no other reason than from the fact that, you know, we're going to end up like the yeah, Venezuela. Venezuela
1: case that we just made.
0: Yeah, same thing that happened in, uh, you know, in uh, Nazi Germany, even before Nazi Germany, you had uh, the gold mark, then the Renton mark, then the Reich mark, then the Deutsch mark. But, you know, if you held on to Mercedes-Benz stock, you know, at least, you know, you had 100 shares and maybe now because yeah. of, of dividends, maybe now you had 101 and 105, 110 shares. Eventually, you know, at the end of the day, it, was, it eventually got priced into euros, but it was a real asset where if you held on to the cash, eventually it was ended up being trash in the long run. But I do see, you know, some... Uh, not investment advice right now, but you know we are very cautious how we're managing money at the moment because I, you know, we're sort of thinking that there's going to be a train wreck and then you know coming in and buying uh, some assets after the train wreck occurs because uh, you know unfortunately you know this uh, whole bounce back really did happen a lot quicker than I thought although we didn't, uh, you know, we were only down three and a half to 5%, uh, being fully invested and having money made making, you know, 25, 26% in, uh, in 2019. So obviously past performance, no indication of future results in case the SEC is listening to this, but, uh, you know, how many financial advisors can say they made most of gains last year and didn't get, uh, you know, hardly any of the losses this year, even at the worst of it. I mean, I'm, you know, most of our clients are up and go up a good amount now, but, you know, if we take a look at, you know, the worst of it, mid, mid March, uh, you know we had people who were like hey how come our accounts didn't really go down at all like is something wrong uh so they were wondering like like, i mean it's obviously a very good you know good problem to have at that point but uh you know we are in crazy times, so you know hopefully you know no one is complacent out there and hopefully nobody is uh you know just you know just thinking things are always going to go the same way they were uh for years and years and years because you know this time it's uh you know this everything bubble the biggest bubble is you know probably is the dollar not not even the stock market actually the bond market's a bigger bubble than even the stock market bubble and really what the uh, and, and then we get you know, of course you know the pensions all play right into that and I think the pensions will be the ultimate uh, kickoff event and it seems like you yeah. want to show us something with uh, the pensions John
1: yeah actually uh, so talking about uh, you know how I make my money uh, actually I, I do put out a lot of data and this is for my global uh, risk report of 2020. And here I I have a data of unfunded uh, pension, public pensions because a lot of people are in public, uh, uh, you know, and they have really good pensions. But most of them are really heavily underfunded. And as you can see here, um, like I'm I'm looking at you know uh, Michigan here, uh, Illinois here, and Kentucky, uh, and uh, you also got uh, uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey. Like look at this. It's, Thirty-five point eight percent funded, of what they actually uh, are, you know, owing to people and, and promise. Well, go me. go
0: to go to Illinois, and that will seem uh, that will seem good, compared, relatively speaking.
1: Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's in really bad shape, but it's it's most of the country. Colorado forty-seven percent, you know, New Mexico sixty-two point four. Calpers, you know, California sixty-six point five. Calpers is in real trouble. They're in sixty-six point five, and then actually. A lot of the country is, uh, you know, not doing well. Well, there's very few that are actually fully funded. South Dakota is fully funded. Uh, that's one of the very few <laughs> uh, funds out there, but this is 2018 stats. So i um, not sure where it is right now, but it's probably pretty similar or worse, uh, most likely, uh, you know, the funding. And then that's a big crisis. And uh, like what I tried to do here, I, I, I wrote a report on what I see as risks in in, in the coming uh, 20, like in, in this year. And of course a lot of it has happened, you know, see the warning. I was warning the signs of a huge slowdown in the economy. As you can see, as manufacturing has dropped down. Uh, well, sure not. So this whole COVID thing is such a false flag to create, like, and say that oh this caused the whole, uh, you know, uh, economic collapse, so of course, shutting down businesses. That was the government's, uh, you know, that created the whole crisis on that side, but then, uh, the whole debt, the, you know, the, the whole business cycle was extended by far, you know, usually it's every seven years, it was extended another three years, basically, I know, uh, almost uh, 11 years, Tim, uh, the business cycle. So basically, they're you know, the, the Federal Reserve has been in there meddling, and uh, they're just making things a lot worse, the economy is slowing down severely. I think we've been in, in a uh, depression since 2008. It's just been papered over by asset purchases, by the central banks and you know manipulation uh, by everybody in order to try to prop up the whole system. So I, I think we're in for uh, some serious trouble. And, and if you don't protect yourself, if you don't go and uh, educate yourself a little bit on uh, money and finance as well, it, it's good to have financial advisor like Tim, but I also, uh, do suggest that you also take uh, some charge yourself and actually educate yourself so you could more clearly understand what Tim is talking about when he had, tries to help you out uh, because it really benefits you in the, in the greater long run uh, to be able to, you know, ask the right questions to Tim and, you know, grill him really hard <laughs> uh, when it comes to things because it's, it's so important to you. Uh, know what to ask your financial advisor because most financial advisors out there are not like tim they're just salespeople uh that have zero uh understanding of I'm also i'm not i'm also
0: not but, taking on people that are super super into Q, and that everything is going to be you know a brand new day tomorrow and all the pedophiles are going to be in jail tomorrow and that the <laughs> fed's going to be you know release. I mean, I mean basically i'm not taking any more clients like that because you know uh At this point, you know I've I've had enough of them, and they drive me nuts. And then also, same thing with people that are super hardcore into Ripple and saying that that's going to be the new standard. Uh, That's another one. Uh, But yeah, if you're you know a voluntarist, libertarian, freedom-oriented person that understands, or you know at least wants to try to understand what we're saying, and to you know put yourself on a better path, I know I can't really imagine that there's too many more advisors that are as outspoken as me and as red-pilled as myself. Just you know, obviously a little bit biased in that. But you know, I I honestly think that is the case. Uh, You know especially, you know, with knowledge of crypto and things like that. So, you know, it's good that we, you know, are building, you know, nice core audience and clients to tell who, you know, appreciate what we're saying, how we're saying it and uh, you know, realizing that at this point of the game, you know, if you're not, you know, willing to put yourself out there a little bit, uh, you know, you're, you know, at this point, you know, what are you doing? I mean, if you're not on the list at this point, I think you should be, you know, ashamed of yourself because, you know, we're at the end game of this, you know, John and I are trying to, you know, prevent against, you know, this, uh, you know, making this, uh, you know, whatever implosion that happens be as orderly as possible, making whatever, uh, you know, catastrophe that happens, making sure that, you know, at the end of the day that, you know, like Doug Casey would say that you want to, you know, basically, you know, at when everything goes down, you want to make sure that you're the least worst off. That yeah. you know, sometimes it's not even about trying to make a bunch of money, it's trying to hold on to your purchasing power. And people that are tr- trying to conserve themselves in dollars long term, you know, in short term, you know, that's a different story, but long term you're just gonna be going going broke safely. Just ask anybody that's holding on to Venezuela Boulevards, ask people that are holding on to the Argentine gold mark president. back in the day, yeah, the Argentinian peso, the Renton well, 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 mark,
1: the rice mark. Uh, actually, just one last thing that uh, there's a massive scandal in Norway now, the biggest oil uh, company, they used to be called Statoil, but then they changed their name to Equinor. Uh, they actually got caught with uh, one of the most infamous, uh, other than Zimbabwe most, uh, and uh, Argentina, most infamous uh, hyperinflationary states in the world. And it's Angola. There it was 296 million kroner that just have disappeared in Angola in bribes. Uh, so it's just funny how uh, you know you look at it but like this is another thing why you should look at this report because I did predict by just showing data uh, a lot of the data I gathered myself and created my own charts but also there's a lot of charts you know uh, pulled in this this report is 178 pages Uh, so if you really want to understand like what's coming what's happening actually right now because I predicted a lot of it not I didn't say that the virus was coming at all in this report, Tim, that's uh, the most interesting part here. Uh, but I did predict a severe downfall in the economy in 2020. And sure enough, like you saw like machinery equipment just uh, uh, went through the uh, went through the, um, the ground uh, in, in the G 20s and so on. And uh, you know, I've, I've just been warning people and trying to go through all the asset classes here to give you kind of an overview over uh, what could happen during this year and, and of course into 2021. So I highly uh, you know suggest that you take a look at this report. It's only like $20 uh, available at my uh, website, theeconomictruth.org. Uh, that's what keeps me going. It keeps me funded to be able to do these videos with, uh, with Tim, of course, uh, because it's important that uh, like uh, when you're passionate about something, uh, it's important that you uh, not stop doing that because I really love doing what I'm doing. And uh, it would be terrible if I, uh, if I could not be able to, you know, put time forward to actually do this because it's uh when you when you've been doing it for so long, you be, you start to become very knowledgeable about things that could really uh if you're able to articulate it uh, better than the Federal Reserve chairman, you know, talking in in tongues, you know, when it comes to economics and, and speak straight la- street language for people so they understand it. And that's what I try to do with the economic truth is getting the the, the actual truth about the economy and what they're not they're trying to portray. Out to you so highly suggest you go there uh, and support me in any way you can buy my books uh, you know send a donation yeah exactly so yeah let's uh let's go there right now um you know this this website is it's interesting i actually share a lot of my content uh, i i've been able to i'm gonna toot my horn a little bit here uh you know I, i've been able to uh have done a lot of interesting things throughout the uh, my time, I've been an advisor to several blockchains, one that is uh, currently running a, a real estate block-based blockchain. Uh, I, I, I'm involved in a lot of projects. I, I worked uh, you know, uh, with uh, Edward Griffin. I sit on his leadership council board at uh, Freedom Force. We I actually uh, was sitting with him as we planned the first ever Red Pill Expo uh, like five years ago or something now. Uh, we had the first meeting in Vegas, uh, in a hotel room where we sat all day, like 12 hours, just that and planned and, and jotted out the, the, what now has become the Red Pill Expo and very, uh, quite successful and, and very exciting that, you know, it's at Jekyll Island this year. Uh, then of course I, I, I do write some blog, I do do some blogging now. I'm trying to get more into it. I used to do a little lot when I had a lot more time before. Uh, so the, the, the more, the more money that comes in through my site, the more time I'll have to write more reports and, and give you more of my insight of what, what I think and, and what's going on. Uh, and um, I actually, uh, so I, I do a lot of different services for people like you can even call me and I'll, I'll uh, you know, look at what you're doing. Uh, I can give you my historical perspective on you know, uh, and give you some knowledge by meeting. I, I met with people where they actually pay me for you know, an hour two hours and so on all my time. To sit down and you know educate them basically instead of you reading my book i could come to your house basically if if you're uh, you know around in manitoba right now but we could also do phone calls zoom calls all this stuff uh but i have been lucky i've been i've been featured lately uh, you know i'm to get some traction especially through linkedin i had a, i wrote an article in uh, something called the billionaire chronicle a year ago warning about what's happening right now uh, and that actually, uh, another guy that wrote an article in that magazine was uh, Otto von Bismarck's a great grandchild. Uh, so that was, you know, the, the, the <laughs> it's interesting what kind of people is out there. Uh, then I just recently had a, uh, a chart of uh, warning about derivatives and collateralized loan obligations, which me and Tim did a uh, year ago. We did a, a video that you can go back and look at the Tim and John shows and warned about that. Uh, I got featured in something called PrivateDebtInvestor.com. They have a, a, a magazine out, no sorry, a, a newsletter that they send out to bankers and sovereign wealth fund owners and mutual fund, uh, everybody that runs a fund uh, and they uh, you know, show people uh, you know, uh, risks and uh, what they could do in investing in you know, private debt and all this stuff. Uh, and they actually, it's a $6,000 uh, a year newsletter, but they actually featured one of my charts there. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I've been writing some articles in other magazines and then, of course, I do a lot of charts um, and then, uh, you know, try to do reports on the economy by, you know, putting it out in a visual form because I think that's, you know, very important for a lot of people uh, to see what's actually happening. So yeah, that's a, that's a little bit, you know, about uh, what, what I'm doing. I'm, I'm really trying to you know change the world for a better place. And and my goal is, you know, to change uh, over 10,000 people's lives. You know, if I could have impact 10,000 people's lives plus, you know, it could be a lot more who knows where I'm at now with all the stuff that me and Josh have done, you and me have done together, uh, you know, to educate people, but you know, I'm keeping to go forward. I'm going to, you know, educate the world uh, until we have the chance to, you know, actually uh, get ahead in this world and have stopped the Ponzi scheme. That's, you know, the, global central bank system that's currently you know enslaving everyone
0: so that's it i mean a very uh you know not not ambitious at all but if you want to yep thank you yeah so all he wants to do is you know change the world that's what we want to change over here but you know first you got to work with you know changing yourself so if you guys want to head over to the libertyadvisor.com upper right hand corner work with tim go down there click on the uh icon and then it brings you right to my scheduling site you go down you know read all the propaganda i've written down there and then you can go here you know schedule yourself in right there and then uh be off to the races and what and i'm probably gonna block off a lot of time because you know as i'm traveling to uh to red pill uh now that i you know probably gonna have to make the you know the drive over there even though i'm not a big fan of driving that uh Let's see, let me get back over here. That, uh, you know, yeah, act now. And especially if you've got less than $100,000 now is that window of opportunity that we will get you in there. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was great uh, great working with you again. We're going to sign off now. And remember, you guys can go to, you know, check us out on library.tv uh, forward slash at Liberty Advisor, float.app forward slash uh, the Liberty Advisor. We've got, the, you know, on all the different podcast platforms. You know, personally, I like to listen to things better, especially in the longer format shows. But uh, anyways, thank you for everyone who's been commenting, who's been watching us on other platforms. It's been uh, awesome. Yeah, and join and- us at Discord. Oh yeah, obviously yeah. Giants, join us on Discord as well because John's you know very very active over there. So if you want to be able to you know see what's going on in our minds at any given time, that's a great place to be there. And yeah, only have 29 followers right now on uh, on library, but you know to me that seems like that one is like sort of starting to win the race because Bitshoot. I mean, I was you know been giving them money every month for about uh, two years, but you know if it takes you know eight days to upload an episode uh you know ain't nobody got time for that so uh that's why i'm not you know uploading a bit shoes so people are like oh how come you're not doing this or this or that well guess what? i've got a gigabyte per second upload uh on my internet right now and i can't even get it after i pay them money so i'm not really
1: that's what what the free market is all about you know choices and whoever if you can't provide a proper service unfortunately i'm sorry in these days technological
0: days yeah uh, it's going to be hard to survive going to be hard to survive but anyways you know we're not just trying to survive we're trying to thrive over here but thank you guys for listening john stick around i uh, want to talk to you a little bit off air but anyways i will talk to you guys later and thank you so much for listening this is tim pichot and john Snyson, uh with the tim and john show take care